We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I am, if you forgot, your host Matt Fralick. Alongside me, the best partner of Pack-A-Day podcast host history, for myself at least, co-host-wise, uh, the OG Janelle Mackey. Janelle, how are you and how is your, uh, how's your new apartment? Well, that was quite the intro. I mean, way to hype me up. You know, it's like 10.30, we're recording this, but and we're yep. both exhausted. But, you know, always appreciate being gassed up a little bit. Yeah, I currently, my computer is sitting on a box because I have yet, like, just you know, busy with all the coaching and work and life, and I have not had time to completely unpack, but yes, I'm in a new place, so I'm very excited to finally, you know, once I get my office done, that's really the thing I'm most excited for, but it's just a matter of hanging up a bunch of stuff on the walls and actually getting stuff out of my boxes. Makes sense. Makes sense. I I hope this hits home for you. It might catch maybe a few dozen people uh, through this podcast. Um, You know, the uh, the picture of like when I when I they like the meme that always goes viral every now and then on Twitter. It's like what guys think their house is set up like or their apartment. It's like the lawn chair with like the phone charger. Like that's how I envision Janelle Mackey's apartment is right now. It won't be like that for long, but it's like she'll she'll get it how it's supposed to be. But that's that's 100 percent how I feel like I literally am sitting on the floor my iMac is sitting on a box, and I have my microphone sitting on another box. So, yeah, I'm kind of living that cliche, like, you know, guy's college apartment lifestyle. Hey, it works. <laughs> I've got, right? like, one clean plate and call it good. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you can just pivot that a little bit on a positive spin. It's like a minimal, minimalist lifestyle. Like, you're just you're easy going, nothing too crazy. Uh, obviously, we got to address the fact that Eli's not with us tonight. He's got other things going on. And we've all taken a hiatus from Pack-A-Day podcast, not intentionally, but just like things have came up. I blew a tire uh, on my car last week trying to get home in time to do this. That didn't happen. We've been just super, super 
swamped with stuff going on. Probably the only other people besides Aaron Rodgers getting scrutiny um, for not showing up to OTAs would be the the, the, the normal three Saturday pack-a-day podcast humans. So right now, Janelle, I don't know about you, but like my timeline is absolutely dead when it comes to Packers Twitter. There's some stuff here and there of you know position battles, rookie camp. Andy's been pretty good keeping up with those, but it, it, it's to be expected, right? Right now we're in a time of like baseball's kind of taken over a little bit. NBA playoffs there. I know hockey's still up and running. I'm sure you'll get me up to speed by the end of this podcast at some yeah, capacity. As, like you as should... we're recording this, the Battle of Alberta is taking place. So. Yep, yep. And I know exactly what that means. So uh, we will definitely uh, try to make this a little bit of a, a different podcast. We had this planned for a couple weeks, and it may not still be super relevant, but in my mind it is because we got new faces from the draft class coming in. Uh, the, the plan is here to bring up about, I would say it's like three Mad Lib situations and one question. So it's going to be blank this scenario. So there's a ton of Packers. Obviously you can pick from, from the draft class. If you really got savvy, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you did this. I don't think Riley did, or excuse me, I don't think Eli did either, but like you could have gone with an undrafted guy. I think that'd be kind of crazy depending on the question. It might work for there. Um, I'm not going to say whether or not I did that because I think there's a plenty of dudes that were actually selected in the draft to do that, but I think there's a ton to go through here. And just so people have a little bit more of a context, let's just start because they're probably like, what the hell is Matt talking about? And what did he concoct in his brain? So the first one here, Janelle is, um, blank rookie will be a day one starter on the week one depth chart versus the Minnesota Vikings. And I think there's a many, many players you could select for this, this spot, um, obviously the two defensive dudes that were drafted, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Walker, especially too, he could be one that's in there. I think some of the offensive linemen, um, definitely can make their case. And I think there's a couple players just throughout that definitely can make their argument. So I'm going to start with you, Janelle, you give us who your rookie player who will be a week one starter in Minnesota, your, uh, your, you know, your rival, you're, you're in I mean, you're in enemy territory. I assume you have a, a good pulse on who would be the week one starter. I don't know why you'd have a good <laughs> pulse on it, but let's 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 start with you. Yeah, just because, you know, I'm located here. I obviously know everything that's going to happen that week one. Yep, you know, exactly. just that, that natural intuition. But no, you actually did mention uh, the guy that I picked to be my uh, day one starter uh, during that week one game versus Minnesota. And I did say Devontae Wyatt. I just felt looking at position wise, like his was the one where I felt he has the best chance to work into a starter spot. Um, obviously, like it could have been easy to say, oh, Christian Watson will be ready to go by week one. But I do think that, you know, there's still some depth in that wide receiver room where he might not get those starter reps right away. There's just something about looking at the depth chart where Devontae Wyatt sits and thinking, you know, there's a chance that he can actually make a case for himself. So that's just kind of the vibe that I got from it. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen much from that, you know, OTs are just starting up, so we're just kind of starting to now get a feel um, for what these guys can bring. And when we pick these, like you said, we picked these guys like three weeks ago. So we're just kind of like we picked these more blindly. And now we're talking about a little bit more with uh, over time, we'll get a little bit more context. But yeah, there was just something about him. I just looking at everything. I was like, OK, he could actually battle for a position here. So he's just kind of somebody who I just kind of went with my gut on that one. Absolutely. I think that's a great one because, you know, I personally, I don't know about you and I can't speak for Eli, but I feel like I've been clamoring for years for them to get someone like Devontae Wyatt next to Kenny Clark. And they finally did that. Now, this does coincide with them, you know, having signed 
uh, Jaron Reed early in the offseason coming over from Kansas City. They obviously drafted the absolute mammoth human being TJ Slayton and the fifth round last year from Florida. But more than likely, you would think a first round guy like Devon, uh, Devon Wyatt is going to, you know, he's going to get some reps. And I think that's a really, really safe, not, not even safe. I think that's a really smart selection by you. I think there's a ton of other guys we could go with. Uh, I'm going to set up here Eli. Eli went with uh, Zach Tom. I think that's another, you know, it, I don't Eli- think it's. Is all about Zach Tom right now. I've noticed and, he's the guy I, typing up. <laughs> so I, so that's it's funny you say that because like you mentioned, like we had this kind of plan for a couple of weeks. I think it still it still lives. It's it's still timely. But I did a, you know, I was listening to Andy on the Packaday podcast, just on the video version on YouTube, and like he was really really high on Zach Tom. And then I've seen some tweets from uh, Jacob Westendorf. I've seen some other stuff, and it's like he could absolutely compete for one of those left guard spots and it's maybe it's because he is so talented but realistically like you gotta you gotta kind of look at like you know Royce Newman's there John Runyon Elton still coming back from an injury like there's still some opportunities there to be had and I, I don't think it's that it's that crazy I didn't know Eli was such a big Zach Tom guy I will keep that in mind and obviously <laughs> use that uh, information you know when it's most appropriate and maybe either harass him when Zach Tom has a bad play or something along those lines but realistically I don't think it's that crazy it's a little bit more aggressive than um, the uh, the Wyatt pick or the Walker po- pick possibly could be but I, I don't hate it and I think Eli never goes with the safe pick which is fine it, he, like, likes it, to, he likes yeah. to stir things up for us and I'm with that because like it's like why not it's it's the end of May like we could be we you can sit and be right for the next like three plus months, like sitting, sitting in your wallows and just like, yep, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And like, they don't take any reps. The first preseason game, you're like, yep, they're the starter. Like, it's fine. Like you yep. can let it ride. <laughs> so I'm going to go with one a little bit more obvious. You kind of said mine earlier too, Janelle. Um, and I'm going to argue my point at one point too here. So I'm going to go with Christian, Christian Watson. Uh, the more and more I look at this, like this receiver room is just, it, it, it terrifies me. Uh, from the standpoint of don't really know how much Randall Cobb's got left in the tank. Obviously, he had some injuries last year. He battled through. Alan Lazard, love the guy. He's not a number one, in my opinion, as as much volume as he's probably going to take on this year. I don't see him as a number one. He's a, he's a safe number two. Sammy Watkins, unsure of what he will do. I mean, truthfully, he's... I don't know what to expect. I mean, the name is an absolute slam dunk, but when you look at it and like his productivity and sometimes, especially the injuries, it's like, I'm, I'm concerned. So overall, I'm going to go with Christian Watson. I think he's a, he's, he's a very safe bet. He's going to be, uh, he's going to fill in for MVS and that's truthfully where you're going to see him probably make his biggest strides right away is those deep balls stretching the field quite a bit. Uh, and the one argument I will have there, and it's it's a pretty sound one, and it, there's a lot of data to, to back this up, is with, with Aaron Rodgers, with young receivers, he, you have to earn that trust. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to earn that trust with Aaron selfishly uh, stepping out of the OTAs this offseason. So it's like there's going to be some chemistry that's not there right away. Maybe that'll develop in the preseason, but it's like, well, Rodgers barely plays in the preseason, depending how good Christian Watson is. He might not. So like. I could easily see Christian Watson not getting a ton of snaps right away, having to roll him out, but like just straight necessity and straight line speed. I think he's, he's going to just end up being that number two, number three receiver, like without, without a doubt. So I I could go either way on any of these guys we've mentioned. Obviously the odd man out here is Quay Walker, which is kind of silly that we didn't mention him, but ultimately we don't really know what the defense is going to look like. Like it's kind of shifting around. They've added some secondary guys. We're not sure what it's going to look like with Joe Barry. There's been talks of the star position, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of strange. I don't really know what's going to the defense is going to look like. All I know is they've acquired 
a, a buttload of super yeah, solid it, defense. It's like all we know is that this defense is stacked. Mm-hmm. And it's like a good problem to have where it's like we don't know which guy is going to come in, which, um, like speaking of which, like Tyler Lancaster, where'd he yep. go today? It was, uh, where, where'd he go? Let me look. I don't even. I'm drawing a I, blank. No, let me look. I'm pulling it up. Uh, Tyler Lancaster, you're talking, so he signed with the Raiders today. Raiders, that was it. I was like, I know I saw his name floating around, so it's like that's an open spot for somebody yeah. to come in and, um, you know, we're going to start to see some of those moves. And, um, but yeah, I mean, this defense, it's, you know, we're kind of still, we have a lot of question marks about this offense, but it's like this defense is just going to be full throttle. I expect yeah. no, nothing less. Um, like, I really think that this has the potential to be one of the best defenses in the last, you know, in, like, since the beginning of Rodgers, like, the, since around the Super Bowl era, basically. I think that's extremely sound take, and especially because it's, like, a younger defense, too. There's not a lot yeah. of, like, super old dudes. Like, you don't have the Julius Peppers or the Charles Woodsons. Like, you're having some absolute young studs. Uh, you know, Devontae Campbell, a little bit longer in the tooth, but nothing yeah. nothing ex- extreme Preston Smith in the same vein. But, like, dude, th- some of these guys on this defense can be it's crazy. Like you, and just, just, you just locked up Jair. Yep. And- the secondary solid, and it's like ultimately yeah. like it's just th- what a tough decision to have to find your best eleven guys, and then it's fun because you can you can you know play to personnel. So right, ult- I think there's definitely going to be some starters going on the defense and offense, probably the same with offensive line and um, receiver, like we mentioned. So let's get to the next one, Janelle. Um, I think pe- hopefully people listening are getting a little bit of flow or trying to do here. Um, the second Mad Lib superlative, if you will, is um, this rookie has the best chance to lead the team in blank statistical category by the end of the year. So this one is a double whammy. Uh, you definitely can get creative on this one. I think there's a ton of things that could possibly pop up on this one. I I for sure could see a certain position leading the pack, especially just off some arguments I had. Um, I guess I'll segue to you, Janelle, and uh, who, who are your thoughts on this rookie player who could uh, lead a team in any statistical category, really? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So my Mad Lib for question two, I said Christian Watson has the best chance to lead the team in yards after catch by the end of the year. I just felt like, you know, he's the type of receiver who he is going to get those extra yards. Um, he's going to utilize that speed. So even if he uh, is kind of used on a short slant, you know, he's going to find ways to make his way down the field. And I think that especially, you know, you got guys like Alan Lazar blocking for him. So I think that that's just something I saw, you know, there's a lot of potential for um, Christian Watson to get all those extra yards. Like he could be a deep threat. He could, he, we don't really know yet, but I just see him being that guy who with that speed, he just seems like he'd be slippery and he'd be able to find a way to get extra yards down the field. So Hell that's yeah. going to be my, my bold prediction here. You know, it's funny, like, and I, I kind of gassed you up in the beginning of this episode, but when I was going through our Twitter DMs here and copy and pasting these just in the doc to see him, I saw that one pop up and I, I was just copy and pasting so fast. I saw that answer and I was like, wow, that was a really good answer from Eli. Like I, for some reason I thought he put that, <laughs> I thought he put that on there, but that's like a super solid answer because like they are missing that guy, right? The yards after catch dude being MVS Christian Watson, really good at that at North Dakota state doing that. So it's like, it seems like an easy, an easy transition. And, you know, to kind of just put my two cents in here on this offense this year, I really, really think the Packers are going to rely on more of the, the ball control running game to be able to open up those deep shots downfield to Christian Watson. They don't have you know the luxury of being able to just, Oh shoot, it's third and six, uh, 17s out there. He's going to put a move on a guy and we're going to get a first down. Like they're going to really have to, to play some ground and pound football. And I think that's really going to benefit Christian Watson to not have to know the whole playbook, but like if you can run fast and get past some guys, like I think that's a, a super solid answer. Um, so well, well done. You. Absolutely. I guess I should take it as a compliment that you thought it was coming from Eli. <laughs> I, well, uh, possibly, possibly. No. Possibly. <laughs> so Eli went with also the same player, Christian Watson, I think is a, is a very fair um, player to keep continuing in there. And he just went instead of uh, yards after catch or even yards or catches, he went with touchdowns. So I've been going through this week, not to toot my horn, own horn, but like super bored uh, on the Twitter timeline, just putting out, I put out a poll, like who's going to lead the team in stats, like statistics overall, as far as receivers go, kind of went through it in my head and did some predictions as well. I, I, I think it's a pretty, I mean, this is like a really realistic, I think, guess from Eli is like the touchdowns things because I think really like if you get seven or eight receiving touchdowns in this offense I I think that brings it home like if you can get up to nine or ten like that's an absolute smash and as a, a rookie receiver that'd be ridiculous but like who's gonna catch more passes like who I mean is Lazard gonna score a ton of touchdowns all of a sudden right. Sammy you take Devontae Adams out of the equation and now it's kind of a fair playing field for the this wide receiver class so for this group I mean it's not there's not one set all right, Devontae Adams is going to get 90%, and then the rest of you split the 10% that's left. It's yeah. it, We have no idea, and it could go game by game. It could be a, a Lazard day. It could be a Cobb day. It could be a Watson day. It could be a tight end day. Like We have no idea. So I think that that's, that's what makes this fun is that, yeah, if Christian Watson were to get eight touchdowns, 
there's a possibility that he could still lead. 100%. Just because it could be so spread out. And, I mean, we don't even really know what the tight end room is going to look like going into the season. Um, they could still pick up some wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are arguably one of the best running back tandems in the league right now, and they can also catch passes. So there's going to be a lot of different ways that guys are going to be utilized on this offense. So, yeah, the way that you put it, you know, he could have less touch, like significantly less touchdowns than what Devontae Adams usually gets and still be a leader in that category, which is crazy to think about, but it's also, you know, it kind of makes it fun. Something I wish I would actually act on right now and put a reminder out for myself, but I won't because it's not that important, would to be to like check back at the end of the year and see how many guys for the Packers scored a touchdown because I think it's going to be spread out so much now with Devontae Mm -hmm. Adams out of the mix, and there's so much volatility at the receiver position, the tight end position that is still an absolute question mark. There could be a ton of guys catching balls there just because out of you know guys being injured, Tunyon, then coming back, maybe he gets in the mix. Like I think it's going to be spread out a ton, and I would be absolutely shocked if someone got the double-digit touchdowns this year. It would just be – it just doesn't seem like something that's going to happen. And I keep looking at it more and more and more and try to wrap my mind around it. I just don't foresee it happening. So um, ultimately, you and Eli both agree that Christian Watson, um, just like I did, I said he's going to be a day-one starter. You guys think he's going to lead the team in uh, touchdowns and possibly yards after catch, which I think is an absolutely possible thing that's going to happen because – He's that dude, and they went and got him, and he's essentially, I mean, can't fill the shoes of Devonta Adams right away, but he's definitely the replacement as the number one receiver uh, going forward. So, Janelle, we moved to the third one. Uh, so we went day one starter. We went, you know, the rookie to lead a team in a statistical category, whatever that may be. Uh, something a little bit more, you know, just off the wall I kind of want to go with. Like, it's tough because a lot of rookies sometimes play special teams, their offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and it takes a lot of, um, you know, discipline to come in the league from college football. And sometimes, you know, just just the, the speed of the game can get ahead of you and you you make mistakes, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the, the third one I went with is uh, this rookie will be the first rookie to receive a 15-yard personal foul penalty. And having read this, I was like, what? I must have been a little aggressive in my mind that day typing this because I'm like, it could have been just a regular penalty, a 15-yarder, but I No, you like went, went with the personal Foul, yep. fifteen yard, just yep. like coming yep. out of the gates. Who's gonna Who's gonna do it? <laughs> yep. Gene Steratore really, really emphasizing, you know, the personal foul and all that at, at midfield. So uh, we'll start with you, Janelle. I mean, there's a, t- a ton of guys to pick from. I think this is where we're gonna get a little bit more obscure with the names. I just have a feeling, unless it's a couple of the starters that we possibly mentioned. But uh, who is your first rookie to get a fifteen yard personal foul penalty in this 2022 season? Well, this one was basically just pure gut feeling okay you know I went like you know not to stereotype but I went more defense because those guys seem to be the ones that draw more penalties I don't really see you know uh Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs out there like throwing hands and Mm -hmm. drawing penalties against defensemen so I went with a I went with the defensive side and then I kind of just went with guys that you know kind of played a little bit more aggressively so of course I look at the line so I went with linebacker Kingsley and Agbar. I just, mm-hmm. there was something about it. I was like, you know, this this is the guy. This is who I'm picking. He's going to be the one who does it. And I have no reason other than the fact that that's just what my gut was telling me. I wanted to get a little bit, a little bit out there, you know, with the pick, but. No, I, I like it. I'm actually going to pivot a little bit here and not go with Eli's answer just to kind of piggyback off you. Uh, I went with Tariq Carpenter. Now I look at it. It's like, 
super fast dude, kind of that hybrid, almost like Oren Burke situation where it's mm. like he can play safety, he can play linebacker. But I don't know about you, but I was thinking like special teams. I'm thinking like Tariq Carpenter is going to be flying down, trying to bust open something on a punt, on a kick. And just a helmet-to-helmet contact, 15-yard penalty. I don't know when you were going to think Inagbari was going to get in there. If it Probably was some stupid, like, you know, roughing the passer. Sure. Stuff like that. Well, you know, quotations around roughing the passer. Okay. But, yes. you know, a young guy, like, like sees an open quarterback, doesn't really know what to pull back the way the NFL wants them to. Yeah. Takes out Kirk Cousins and draws a just penalty. <laughs> 100%. And I think it's a couple ways. One, it's like, like we said, defensive person makes more sense. I mean, you could make an argument about an offensive lineman getting a penalty. I was like, going to say, I did Eli pick Zach Tomlin? Because that would have been a really obscure pick to just, you know, you never fi- know. But, but to get a 15 yard penalty as an offensive lineman seems crazy. Like, you got to be, be like. That would be wild. You know, if, if Zach Tom goes out there and gets a 15 yard flagrant penalty like that, then, you know, more power to him because it doesn't happen too often on the line. <laughs> Right, so I think... And then I, you know, getting I'm, earful from Bakhtiari about it. <laughs> hell yeah. Like, so I'm going with Tariq Carpenter on a special teams play, helmet-to-helmet contact. You're going with Enigbari on a rough in the passer, in quotations. And I think it makes sense because, like, defensive guy is more likely to probably make a, a penalty, obviously, besides the offensive lineman that we mentioned. But, like, these guys are going to be fighting for roster spots, too, right? If they're given the opportunity, right. they're going to want to put absolute effort forth to, to shine. They aren't the first-round overall pick, or, you know, the first round pick with Wyatt and Walker, the Georgia teammates. Like, they're going to have to make their name somehow, and if it's on special teams or if it's on a, you know, rushing down. Like, I think Inigbari actually has a chance to do that. Um, more power to them to put their effort forward, but, you know, mistakes are going to be made. So we'll go with with uh, with Eli's here. He has um, Devontae Wyatt roughing the passer. Nothing more than that. Just it, it, it probably makes sense, right? He's going to be on the field more than likely. You think he's going to be a day-one starter? I think that's an absolute uh, – probably not a foregone conclusion, but very, very highly, highly. Uh, so him and I went with the same penalty. You went with the same penalty, which there's okay. not that many to go from. Like we could have gone with right. like a, we could have gone with like a defensive pass interference, but there's not that many like safeties or cornerbacks. There's like, I mean, you could have maybe gone with like a, you know, Walker maybe with a defensive, you know, pass interference. Like dropping com- into coverage. And- yeah. But even then it's like, I don't know. It, it just makes more sense that it would be like a rough in the pass or some sort of contact thing. And especially with the way the league's been going, right. With the, with the, the trends and just the way they're protecting players a little bit more, it seems like kind of obvious that it'd be something I mean, like that. The league is going to be looking for their next Clay Matthews. They, <laughs> they got to find their, yeah. their bully right there. Yes. So the last one we have here, Janelle, is number four, and it's not a Mad Lib. It's actually a I, I crowdsource this one from a friend of mine named Damon, a uh, big Packers fan. He he's very uh, and I, he knows this very well about himself. He always likes to throw out any just strange text to me about like sports. So it could be like, <laughs> who would you ra- like? And it's like draft stuff. It'd be like, do you think a team could have the 15th overall quarterback, like overall, just like within the league of 32 and then like have like the best defense and, you know, go to an NFC championship game. And he just like throws this stuff out. And so I like I, I crowded it out to him. I'm like, hey, give me something here. I'm coming up with this topic for Packaday. What do you got here? So he he spent a little time on it. I think he came back maybe a couple hours later and he said, all right, who wins this battle between the rookies? Quay Walker, total sacks and tackles. So his combination total of sacks and tackles for the year. Or mm-hmm. Christian Watts. Christian Watson, who we've already talked about, his touchdowns and catches. Now, I'm going to break this down a little bit just to kind of feed it to the people. So Christian Watson, in my eyes, probably somewhere between 
five to ten touchdowns this year and probably on the low end 45 maybe up to 70 grabs so we're looking at the high end about 80 total points if you will down all the way to about 50 and if you look at like quay walker i mean granted devondre campbell is going to be playing in front of him but like i think I mean, if he gets a couple sacks, it, it doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot. But I think it's the tackles that he's going to be able to rack up. Like, can he get 80 tackles? I, I mean, if I had, if I was really, really prepared for this, I would go through and like leading leader of linebackers. You know, the first round picks, and you know, I know Patrick Queen's, uh, Devin White, Devin Bush, like those guys have probably racked up a ton of tackles in their first year. But I think just where the the bar is set for Christian Watson, we've already talked about the volume, how it's going to be spread out. It's not going to be a one-for-one statistical trade uh, with uh, Devontae Adams. So, like, I guess I'm trying to serve it up to you kind of objectively, but who do you have in this this scenario? Yeah, so I, um, you know, I did kind of go back and forth with this. I was just kind of trying to think, like, who do I think is going to, see more playing time and be on the field more and be more of a contribution. And to me, I just thought, you know, Christian Watson has an opportunity to be, you know, like a number two wide receiver for this team, you know, getting damn near, you know, wide receiver one reps possibly, you know, Mm -hmm. not right away, but it's something that I could see him potentially moving into a spot like that throughout the season. Um, So I just felt like to me, He's somebody who's going to be on the field more, going to have more opportunities. Um, Quay Walker, I think he'll see playing time, but it's also hard to, um, you know, obviously it's hard to sack a quarterback and get that stat. Um, I feel like it might be, I, I would say it's harder to get a sack than it is to score a touchdown, um, especially when Aaron Rodgers is as good as he is it helps Christian Watson's game a lot more where Quay Walker, a lot of it is just, you know, on him getting through the guys and it'll be different for him, obviously trying to go up against NFL linemen versus um, college linemen. So I think that, you know, they'll both have good years, I'd say, but I just think that Christian Watson has more opportunity to help out his side of the ball. So I went with Christian Watson for this one. I love that. So, couple things here one christian watson's job is to catch the ball and score touchdowns yep duh wow very very <laughs> high intellect uh statement here really figured out like we find the code on what a yeah. wide receiver's job is <laughs> Devonte wyatt however is more of a run filler uh pass coverage his, i guess his third or even fourth role is to pass rush as inside linebacker mm-hmm. be that as it may i think you know, side by side, I would imagine Watson will have more sacks than Devontae Wyatt uh, quickly because, you know, I'm sitting in front of a computer. I did go and look up like, you know, inside linebackers that have had a ton of sacks in a season. Micah Parsons was one last year. Now they did kind of pivot him a little bit in his role, um, you know, throughout that year. He ended up having 13, which is crazy. I'm looking at other inside linebackers. I think Peter Bullware, 1997, like Ravens. I remember that dude out of Florida State. Like, I think he was an inside backer. Uh, there's a, I mean, you're on the high end, you're going to get like 10 and like, this is like, I mean, we're talking like some of these names on here, just absolutely insane. Like Carl Lawson, DeMarcus Ware. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen for him. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like it, right. and these are mostly outside linebackers too. Like this is skewed. Cause it's not just inside. Like 
like Brian Urlacher's on here, and I think he had what do you have eight? Like that's just like so. I'm gonna say I'll I'll give at the very very most why I'll have five, and I'll say even if Lazard has five, I, I still think it's easier for to for Wyatt to rack up tackles than it is for the receptions. We've been talking about how the ball's gonna be spread out. Wait, I think, was it for? Go ahead. Was it for Walker or? Walker for Quay okay. Walker. Yeah, I did. I, I I probably said Wyatt. I'm sorry. Yeah. So for Quay Walker to accumulate. So ultimately, it didn't really work out how I was going to lay this out here. But I, I think it's easier for Walker to probably you know accumulate tackles than it is for Christian Watson to accumulate receptions and touchdowns. Be that as it may, weird question. Not really sure what of any validity there is in this because this you know, is definitely we, one though we'll have to come back to and see. We can do that. Like, at the end of the season, how did it pan out? You know, yeah. obviously, it's fun to look back at these ones, but that one, like, this, this one, it took some contemplating, especially because, you know, there's such different positions, you know, offense, defense, um, you know, just, you know, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to go back and see kind of how it panned out. Hell yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And it's it's all it's super we have no idea because, you know, truthfully, too, like Quay Walker didn't get a ton of reps when he was in Georgia. Like he wasn't a huge I mean, he's a good football player there, but like that team was just so damn great on the defensive side. And that showed in the draft class that a ton of guys selected there. Like maybe he's not built for 16 games. Maybe he breaks down Christian Watson. You can make the same argument like maybe he's not. You know, maybe he's not going to catch up with the playbook right away. He's not going to get Aaron Rodgers' blessing right off the rip. So it's like, who knows the volatility there? And then it's like either side of the ball. We're still waiting to see where the pass catchers, you know, shake out, what the depth chart looks like for receiver, what that defense looks like. Like we said, there's a ton of talent, but they only can get 11 guys on the field. Like, who knows? Like, just a super, like, yeah, you could go back and forth on it. I think you could argue the point on either side in a really, really reasonable way. But. You know, th- this is what we do, Janelle, the week of Memorial Day weekend. There's not really much else to discuss when it comes to the Packers. You mentioned Tyler Lancaster signing. Um, I think the only other news that I saw is everybody but Christian Watson from the draft class has been signed. That's good. That's a great yep. That's a great problem to have. Like, it's one more guy to bring in. I'm sure he's looking for I, – I don't know what he's waiting on, but, I mean, I'm sure he'll get signed in in, in, in place. And maybe there's other receivers that haven't signed yet around the league from the draft class. That can kind of impact it once in a while. And he probably knows that he's going to be relied on as the number one receiver and wants to make sure that, you know, things are in place for him to make sure he's taken care of and, you know, everything else along those ways. So, yep. you know, it's, it's been a blast finally connecting with you again through. Yeah, I uh, haven't I haven't recorded pack a day since before. Like well before the draft, so it's I was for me. <laughs> I was thinking we got one in after the draft, but you're absolutely right. We haven't got one in, so it's been a long, long journey. Um, and it's it's good to be back in action here. And I think we'll get we'll get our footing here once this our, our softball and our baseball season comes to an end, and be yeah. able to be you know prioritize the the pack a day content a little bit more. But be that as it may, um, one final thing I do want to mention here, Janelle, and it just seems appropriate to me today as I was driving home, is just like, you know, people could listen to Pack-A-Day podcasts whenever they want to. And I know things in this world at times are, you know, pretty somber and it's it's the summer always seems to bring some really shitty situations on. Um, so hopefully whenever people are listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast, whether it's on Saturday, Monday, listening for 10 minutes while you're, you know, walking the dog or whatever it is. It may hopefully bring some people some, some joy in this world that seems to just never be able to figure some shit out. So um, it's, it's a, it's a situation we live in, but ultimately it's, it's fun to be able to connect with people and have a common denominator, that being the Green Bay Packers and football. So 
Um, always a pleasure. But obviously, if you guys are still uh, tuned into Pack a Day podcast right now, make sure you like, subscribe, comment. If you haven't done that already, I don't know what to tell you, but please do that. We would appreciate it very, very much, especially Andy Herman, our boss here. He, he holds it down for us. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube yet, you are absolutely screwing up. I think I gathered so much information post-draft from all those recaps that Andy did on there. It was, it was fantastic. Um, and I know Jacob, uh, a ton of other people have been helping out on the pack uh, on the YouTube side because Andy's been on a hiatus on like a, a basically a bender just a summer bender very responsibly <laughs> of course but he's been out traveling and you know he works his ass off so he definitely deserves that um and obviously follow pack a day podcast on twitter that's where all the tweets just, or that's all the where all you can find all the podcasts all the interactions there we'd love to interact with people that have questions or any thoughts especially people on these four questions we had i'll definitely be tweeting out for my own account because i want to see what people's thoughts are and i'm sure people have some um wild things to throw out there Janelle, where can everyone find you on Twitter, and uh, what have you been up to, I guess, recently? Yeah, so um, you can find all my work at Big Mac underscore four on Twitter. That's where most of my stuff is right now, obviously. Um, Dead Zone, taking a, we took a little bit of a break for Open Book, but we should be back with that next week on Wednesdays, I think. We're switching days up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's playoff hockey. That is where, like... I have softball and I've got hockey and this is one of the best times of the year for me because, you know, I, I am a sucker for the playoff hockey. It's like my Christmas that lasts months, months and months. And, um, obviously my first round exit from the wild classic heartbreak, I will eventually get over it. But yeah, I mean, if you're into hockey, the four of you that might be that are listening to this right now, that is what... I am prioritizing right now, um, at, especially because, you know, there's not a lot going on with Packers stuff, and it's kind of convenient the way that, you know, hockey will end, Packers stuff will pick up, and I just have no offseason, and I absolutely love it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Because I care a ton, and I know that Dan Kotnick's listening to this podcast because he very Ruins much loves out. support us. Bruins are out. <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to say, who, 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 who's winning the Stanley Cup? Do, do we have a definitive answer? Is it pretty uh, pretty even right now? I mean, 
it's really easy to say, like, oh, the Avalanche are going to go win it. Yeah. But hockey's weird, you know? As soon, like, it doesn't matter if you're the wild card seed or the number one seed. Once you make those playoffs, it gets weird. Anything can happen. Um, I mean, Oilers tonight could knock out the number one seed in their division in a 4-1 series win. So, uh, I mean, the Avalanche, they're playing the Blues right now, and Blues play tough, but... I don't root for the Avalanche ever, but I will root for them over the Blues. Um, the Avs are just such a complete team that it's really hard to say, you know, that to say that they're not going to be the ones to go win it. But the Lightning just swept the number one seed on that side. So Lightning are looking to three-peat at this point. Pat Maroon four-peat, which would, you know, if Pat Maroon four-peats, it would, you know, Florida Pat Maroon is absolutely insane. And I don't know if the world can handle it, but it would be super fun. But at this point, I mean, I think a Lightning Avalanche uh, Stanley Cup Finals could be possible. But every like, I I like to I like the rivalry between the American teams and the Canadian teams. But I would I would be okay with Canada finally getting the cup back if it meant Connor McDavid lifting it. Deal. I think I forgot about the Avalanche, and I know they've been doing really well, so that's the team I'll stick with. But I don't know shit about yeah, shit when it comes to hockey. They're playing tomorrow, but okay. Um, I mean, yeah, it's we're we're in full. I don't know. I just it's it's tough to really be focused on the Packers right now when it comes down to like the summer. You want to do other stuff, but whatever. Yeah, I know I a lot of people are they're baseball focused, they're basketball focused. If you're me, you're hockey focused. But like I said, like as this wraps up then football really starts to get going. Definitely. And it's exciting. Do you watch, like, are you heavily invested in any of, the, like, the other sports right now that are going nope. on? No. Nope. Nope. I haven't watched a playoff basketball game in, like, three weeks. I rarely, if ever, will watch a Major League Baseball game because I think it's a not that great of a product on television. In person, it's not bad. Oh, College yeah. baseball if it's on, but I try to get outside as much as possible during the summer because I absolutely hate the winter, and all I do is watch the Packers. <laughs> so, um, also, make sure you guys are following uh, – Eli Berkovitz, obviously our third partner here at Book of Eli underscore NFL. He will continuously be with us and always bring his hot takes for uh, Janelle to be absolutely miffed by. Uh, yep. Make sure if you haven't followed me on Twitter, feel free to do so as well. Uh, it's at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Uh, I will also be tweeting out some of these um, superlatives that we put out. I want to look and see everyone's answers. I'm sure Janelle and I will have some um, back and forth with some people in the mentions this weekend because I'd love to hear what people have to say. I think there's a lot of different ways people could go on this. I'm sure there's the common ones, like we said, Walker, Wyatt, Watson will get in there. Um, but ultimately, I think it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. But for uh, Eli Berkovitz, who couldn't join us, Janelle Mackey, I am Matt Freilich. You guys take care. Be well. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. And as always, go, go Paco.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com